Can you make money teaching yoga? What's the hottest trends in the world of yoga? Hello, HYP Podcast listeners. This is Derek Weitzel, Executive Director of the Harrisburg Young Professionals. Thank you for listening to our event series, How It's Built in the Berg, stories from Harrisburg area entrepreneurs and the companies they have built here. For our fifth event of the series, we got to hear from Brittany Holtz, founder of Studio B Power Yoga, a local chain of yoga studios that most recently acquired yoga on chocolate in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Brittany shared with us what prompted her to make the move from a rigid working world in law and politics to a world of yoga and meditation. Larry Binda, co-founder and editor-in-chief of The Berg Magazine, takes the interview from here. In this series, we've gone through a number of different professions, but we have not gotten to the exercise space. Mm, okay. So, so I think that'll bring a, bring a whole new dimension. Yes, definitely. Um, so the first thing I usually ask the people who I interview as part of this series is just to give us some background about yourself. Just lay the, the groundwork as far as where you're from mm-hmm. and um, what you did pre what you do now. Okay. All right. Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for coming out tonight. And thank you, Derek, for inviting me. Um, Business is like my favorite thing to talk about. Um, I think as a woman, it's important to talk about business um, as a woman in business. And also in my industry, in the yoga industry, it can sometimes be like taboo to talk about earning money in the yoga space. So I'm really excited to be here and to talk about that. Um, let's I'm, just talk about money. Let's just start. Let's right do there. it. Let's yeah, start. let's do it. <laughs> um, but that's what it's about, you know. And I know people don't like to say that, but yeah, when you run a business, yeah, you, you got to be profitable, right? So I'm not ashamed to talk about that, and I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll get to that. But okay. yep. um, let's take it back a little bit. I am from Steelton, Pennsylvania. Uh, represent <laughs> Steelton in the house. Um, uh, so I grew up, was born and raised in this area. Um, and I went to school at Lebanon Valley College, so not far away. Oh, yeah, LVC in the house, too. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I, th- I think uh, LVC did you in, Steelton. So <laughs> that doesn't happen often. Um, uh, yeah, so I actually went to school for political science. Um, and now I teach yoga. So um, out of college, I worked for a law firm. And I was actually in college, I worked for a law firm and was really set on going to law school. And um, long story short, ended up um, taking a full-time position with the law firm, more on the business end of things. Um, that job got really toxic and stressful and overwhelming, and it was that job that led me to yoga. Um, that's where I started practicing, uh, when I started practicing yoga, and really fell in love with the practice. Did not ever intend to have a career in it, um, but really did, f- my life was really changed by the practice of yoga. Um, and from there I went, uh, I eventually left that job um, thanks to my yoga practice, it really helped give me the courage to leave and, and set out to find exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and so I did that. I left that job and I actually worked at um, the governor's mansion here in Harrisburg for a few years. Um, I had worked there in high school and then um, went back after I left the, the law firm. And um, working for the state, I had a lot uh, more free time. It was a much less demanding job, really enjoyable, had a really great time working there, but um, just much less demanding. And with my free time, I really set out to find, like, what do I want to do? 
You know, what am I going to do that's really going to fulfill me? And I knew I wanted to be in business for myself, but I had no idea what that business would look like. Um, and I kind of went a lot, uh, down a lot of different paths that eventually led to what I do now. Okay, so let me just back up here sure. and ask you why, why you always wanted to be in business for yourself. And so I mean, I've covered this ground with a number of other people who I've okay. had here because mm -hmm. I've started my own business. So yeah. I'm, you know, like yourself, I'm kind of a, a fan of people who start businesses yeah. of entrepreneurs, which I guess is partly why I'm here in this seat now too. Yeah. Um, so why did that always appeal to you? I don't know. You know, I just kind of always. That's um, not an acceptable answer. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to expound. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but I do just. I always sort of just had that entrepreneurial spirit, and I know you hear, hear people say that. Um, I know now why it was. Um, I am very creative, mm -hmm. and I never thought I was creative growing up or in school because I wasn't good at art. I have really bad handwriting, you know, I'm not really musically inclined. So when you think of creative, those are the things you sort of think of. Um, but when I was making the, the, creating the business plan for my first business and, and getting things set up to open it, I realized like, wow, this is really like fueling me. This is really firing me up. And it was the creative outlet to just come up with a plan, execute it. If it fails, try again, you know, just really have that like freedom that you just don't get in a lot of regular like nine to five jobs, you know? Mm -hmm. So before I didn't, I never realized that I was a creative person and was craving that outlet. Now I know that that's, I think what really drove me to being in business for myself. Hmm. Okay. So then take us to how you went from just practicing yoga and, and also I'm interested in yeah. sort of what you got from it mm -hmm. that caused you to make this change in your life to starting your first studio yeah um, so people think of yoga as exercise and stretching um, and I have some yogis in the house here as well um, so they can attest to this um, too but yoga is about much more than stretching and working out um, yoga is an ancient philosophy about how to live your life um, so it really puts you in contact with yourself. So I think when I was in, when I was working at that stressful job, I was just going through the motions. Um, I was making good money. I sort of liked the job, you know, it's what I was supposed to be doing. I, I got this great job offer and um, I accepted it and that, that's what you do after college, right? Um, and so I was just going through the motions and when I started practicing yoga, it just like slowed me down and required of me to be very intentional. I see all my yogis nodding their head, right? Like, it, yeah. it just wakes you up. Um, and that's what my yoga practice did to me. It woke me up and was like, whoa, like, I'm not happy doing this. I don't even like the person I am as a result of this environment that I'm in every day. Why am I still doing it? Mm -hmm. And so it just taught me to be on purpose. And so when I left that job and started work, working for the state and set out on this journey to like figure out what I wanted to do, one of the things I did was yoga teacher training not with the intention to teach yoga, not with the intention to open a yoga studio, but to just learn more about this way of living and this ancient philosophy. And it was through that training that um, I got really clear about like just, just these different inklings that I had always had about like what I should be doing. Um, uh, about, you know, we were taught how to show up bigger in life and not to just go with the status quo and to really like make noise and make shifts and changes and to embrace those things. And so it was, it was those teachings that really led me to um, narrowing in on those different, 
you know, inklings I had about what I should be doing. Um, and then my, uh, really, we can blame this all on my friend Ian Parmer, who is, is here today. Okay, let's, let's blame Ian. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's talk Dan's about Ian fault. for a second. Dan's fault. So after I graduated yoga teacher training, um, that was in August of 2014. Um, in maybe like September of October 4th, uh, of uh, 2014, like a month later, I was telling Ann, you know, I think I'd like to teach yoga down at like the LVC area. I don't know, maybe to some of the athletes down there or something. And, and Ann says, well, I have this friend who has a space release, and I think it'd make a great yoga studio. You should go check it out. I was thinking of putting a yoga studio there, but you should do it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll go check it out. And I met with the woman and um, who owned the building, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. So um, at that time, I worked full time in, in downtown Harrisburg. I lived in Mount Joy, Pennsylvania, Lancaster mm -hmm. County, and the studio was in Anvil, PA, which is in Lebanon County. So there's about 40 miles between those three things. So it sounded like a really stupid idea. If you look at it on paper, like how are you ever going to do that, working full time and living over here? And um, but it was meant to be. Mm -hmm. It was. Okay. So so that was your first studio. That was my first one. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So did you uh, quit your job to do that? Or how did that work out? No, I, I continued to work full time because I had this thing called a mortgage <laughs> that needed to be paid. I don't know if oh, you've yeah, heard of that, yeah. but yeah. You might have had a few of those. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So um, that thing still had to be paid. Mm -hmm. um, That's as, unfortunate. In, a, in addition to like the car payment and the cell phone bill and all those things. So no, I opened the first studio more as like a, a passion project. Again, like just something I'd always wanted to do, not really thinking it would end up being my full-time career. Um, really is what I like to say, like a sidepreneur or a side hustle, right? Um, so I continued to work full-time, and um, I did that for about 18 months, about a year and a half, um, until I was like, you know what? Again, it, it didn't really make a lot of sense on paper. It didn't look like I was financially ready to make that leap, but I just knew it was time. Um, and so I, I resigned from my really comfortable job at the governor's mansion and was okay. like, I'm going to do this yoga thing full time. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think I remember seeing you at the governor's mansion. Really? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, think I, I think I do. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, so what year was that? That would have been 2016. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So then how did your business begin to develop? Um, I really had wanted to open a second location. Uh, so my first location in Anvil, we can only fit about 12 people. We can only fit 12 people mm -hmm. in that space, right? It's really tight. It's it's really what we like to say, what we like to call intimate. Um, it's a really great space. Um, so, but that was not going to pay the mortgage, right? A studio that fits 12 people. Um, so I really had my heart set on opening a second location before I quit my job. Um, but I ended up just taking that leap and doing that instead. Um, and figuring it out, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so I, as soon as I, in yoga we have a saying, you have to let go of what's no longer serving you in order to make space for something new. Okay. So for such a long time, I had been really forcing it. I see people, my yogis nodding their head again, exactly. Um, I had really been like trying to force the second location and just nothing was really working out. There was, I can't tell you how many spaces I looked at and leases I almost signed that just like weren't fitting. And then as soon as I resigned from my job, one magically appeared like the first one magically appeared right and i was like yeah this is this is this is gonna work so i um i opened that second location am i what was your question yeah so <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of just I'm, rambling I'm, now no, that, that's okay i'm just wondering about the development oh the development yes. uh, yeah okay. so i am answering your question yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. are definitely mm -hmm. okay so we're, where, I'll keep going but, down that track. Except, except for this, where was the second location? Oh, okay. It was in Lower Paxton Township. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're out on um, 22. We're still there um, near um, 
just past Costco is what I normally tell people. Okay. Yeah, so that's in Lower Paxton. Um, and then eventually, I know I had that one for over a year. It was just February of this past year that um, I then op I acquired a studio. Okay. Um, so instead of opening another one from um, you know from nothing, I acquired an existing studio and sort of rebranded um, uh, to make the three one cohesive community. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, I just want to go back a little bit because uh, I mean I've, I've taken a in a past life, a yoga class or two, okay, but I, okay. I don't know that much. So um, I, I did um, did a little bit of research on you and, and what you did, and, mm -hmm. and you um, do um, vinyasa flow, is that I correct? I do, so, yeah, so, good for you. Okay, yeah. so, so explain what that is. Okay, so I'm really glad you asked that, because let me ask you, can I ask you a question? Be my guest. What kind of yoga did you do in a past life? I don't remember. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is, is an issue that we deal with in the industry. There's so many different styles of yoga, mm -hmm. and it's really confusing, and a lot of them are really funny words like vinyasa mm -hmm. that people don't know anyways, right? So yeah, we do vinyasa flow. And vinyasa flow is a flowy type of yoga where you move from bre one breath, one movement, in and out of postures. Um, and then we do hold some, and then we do some deep stretching at the end. And to make it really fun, we add heat. So we practice mm. at about 85 to 90 degrees. Um, we like it nice and humid. Um, it's, we like to practice close together. And like I said, it's intim intimate and it's fun. Um, but a lot of styles are not like that. So um, that was actually a really big challenge uh, for me when I opened the second studio, the studio in Lower Paxton, because um, uh, because so many people think of yoga as just like, oh, yoga. So if you did it one time and didn't like it, then, you know, well, I'm not going back because I don't like yoga. But usually what I find is that if you didn't like it the first time, you just didn't like that particular style. So there's a style out there for you. Okay. It might be even the flow. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I didn't like it. Okay, okay. Well, you did it in a past life, not a current life. Not so a current that, life. that's yes. indicative. But not, not since I've been in this area. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we'll have to talk after, okay. after this. That, that's fine. <laughs> there, okay. There's also goat yoga. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about goat yoga. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> uh, so I'm also a fan of how people come to name their businesses. Oh, okay. So, um, Studio B, mm -hmm. so how did that come about? Um, people always think it's my name. People think it was named after me, it was not. Um, actually, it just sort of happened by chance. Um, the, the woman who owned the building of the um, first studio, she owns an art studio on the first floor. And so she was calling her space upstairs, which is where I'm located, she was calling it Studio B. So she had a Studio B for rent. And um, I really wanted to name it um, Updog Power Yoga. Or I, yeah, I wanted to name it Updog Power Yoga because I wanted to have shirts that said, what's Updog? Um, but Updog, <laughs> apparently I'm not that creative because Updog Yoga already exists. So um, I was like, Studio B sounds good. And I, I sort of played around with that. And I was like, what, would that, what does that mean to me? Um, and what I really wanted to create with Studio B was something different than what was already being offered. Um, and so I, I started thinking of it as like, Option B, you know, um, but Studio B had like a different, just had a different ring to it than Option B Power Yoga. So I went with that, but sort of like intertwined that that um, philosophy. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I am supposed to uh, ask you about your dogs. Oh, okay. End, but, sure. But I, How I much time know. do you have? Yeah. <laughs> Since you mentioned up dog, that yeah. just like, jogged my memory. Oh, yeah. Ask about. I'm not going to ask you about okay, that. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, that would take a long time. Okay. Um, well, let's get down to the nitty-gritty okay. of, 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 the, of the 
the business yeah. side. Yeah, talk about it. Yeah, so um, there, there are a lot of yoga studios out there. Mm -hmm. It's a field that's expanding. A lot more people are taking yep. yoga, mm -hmm. and a lot more people are teaching it. Yeah. So what differentiates Studio B, and how do you market it? Yeah, so I, when it comes to my business and marketing the business, I put my blinders on. So I, you know, I have my feelers out and like to know what's going on in the industry, but I am really committed to like our mission and just pushing it forward. Um, so we don't do a particular style. I don't follow a particular lineage of yoga. Um, what I do or what I have done is just taken the pieces that I really like from, from different lineages and just sort of created our own thing. And I'm just like moving forward with that. And um, I don't know if that necessarily differentiates us or not, but it's what we're doing. It's what we're committed to. And that is, is that's what we're up to. Hmm. How, do, how do you get customers? Uh, word Clients. of mouth mostly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, word okay. of mouth is number one. A um, little bit of social media, mostly word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you think that's effective? I do. Word. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, people who fall in love with yoga the way that I did, they, you probably all have an annoying friend that's like, I actually started yoga again because of Ann Palmer. Uh, let's bring that back up. So Ann and I actually met, by the way, if, if you have not yet, Ann, raise your hand, please. If you have not yet talked to or met Ann, please do that. She is like the ultimate connector. Um, she clearly has had a huge impact on my life. Um, and I think many people here would agree. Um, but Ann and I were in um, MBA school together, which I did not finish, Ann did. Um, <laughs> I'm a business school dropout. Um, but Ann was like, you're really stressed, you know, you should do yoga. And I'm like, please, like, I'm not doing yoga. That sounds so boring. Again, I had this idea in my head that yoga was something different than it was. And she's like, ah, I don't think this yoga is that boring. You should try it. And so somehow she convinced me and I went. She's very insistent, isn't she? She's yeah. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think they were doing like, um, there was like a, a special going on, like a half off deal or something. And I was like, okay, well, that's, I'll do it then. Um, but I really um, just fell in love with it. And then I wanted all of my friends to do it too, you know? And so that's what we find at the studios, that people that come in that are our, our lifers, you know, we talk about that in business, people who are your, your lifers, the people who are like, they live and breathe what you're doing. Um, those people, they wanna bring all their friends and all their family. And that really has been um, a really organic way to grow. And I think that really is the best way. Um, so we've never actually done any paid advertising, which I know might <laughs> not make you very happy, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, Sorry. that's, that's, that's unfortunately is the fate of my industry. Yeah, um, yeah. Someday there may be no more news, and no. then what are we going to do? Oh. Uh, so, um, what, so, so if you, if you get a, you get a new client because, mm -hmm. you know, this word of mouth, uh, you know, works so well, what, yeah. they, they come into your studio, what should they expect to happen? Um, they'll be greeted by some of the nicest staff and teachers um, in the area and um, in the world. <laughs> um, no, they'll, they'll come in and are, are you meaning like what, um, what they'll experience in class or just? Yeah, uh, I'm wondering if you're brand new to yoga. Oh, yeah. And, and you walk. <laughs> yeah, that's what, it's, that's what it's sounding like. <laughs> we'll it's work on it. It's not about me at all, believe me. Um, <laughs> Asking no. for a friend, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering, as, as somebody who's yeah. you know a new customer, yeah, you know definitely. from the customer mm -hmm. side, what what can they yeah. expect in kind of this, uh, you know, as somebody who wants this service? Yeah. Mm. So we have one prerequisite for yoga: Are you breathing? Mm. Are you breathing? 
I think so. You can do yoga. If mm. you're breathing, you can do yoga, right? That's the only prerequisite. And um, it, it really truly is. So we mm. have a different levels of classes. Um, but our, our core offering is the vinyasa, the power of vinyasa flow. And that is something that anybody can do. Um, so if you come into class as a brand new person, definitely let the, the teachers and the karmis there know that you are brand new and they'll give you tips to, to make you feel more comfortable and show you where to put your mat and those sorts of things. Um, and there'll be lots of different modifications. So the practice that we do can be very challenging, um, but it does not have to be. And so that's something that the instructors can help you with. If you are someone who is maybe not comfortable trying something new, because a lot of people are not. So when I opened the first studio, I learned yoga by just showing up to a class and doing it. And I thought that was a great way to learn. And when I opened the first studio, I thought that's what I'm going to offer. Like if you're brand new, just come to class. Like we have such a like supportive community. We'll all help you. It'll be great. You'll learn as you go. What I found out very quickly was that people were just not comfortable with that, right? It's like, sounds great, but they didn't want to do it. Um, so we also offer throughout the year at all of our locations a beginner series. And that's a five-week series that is specifically designed for brand new beginners to yoga, where we break down all the poses, where you're with a group of people who are also brand new beginners. Um, and that has been um, very popular. Hmm. So. Okay. And, and, you know, I say that because I think I was, you know, in this past life when I yeah. did yoga, I think I was kind of intimidated. Yeah. I walked mm -hmm. in there, it was a huge room and all these people on mats and yeah. I felt they all knew what they were doing and I had no idea what I was doing. And, you know, as, as just some, you know, dumb guy, I'm not very bendy, you know, as yeah. many guys mm -hmm. are not. Mm -hmm. and, and, and yeah, and, and I felt that everybody there was better at it than I was, yeah. which I didn't like that feeling Yeah, Yeah, that's a thing. And that's something I learned really quickly that people weren't as like, willing as I was to just like try something new and put themselves out there. Uh, we really do have such a great um, uh, group of teachers and instructors and um, our students are so welcoming, are so helpful. When they see somebody new in class, like they cannot wait to like help them out. You know, we have such a really great community. Um, but something that you said that I want to speak to is that you're not very bendy, you're not very flexible. And that's actually a huge misconce misconception that you have to be flexible to do yoga. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, no, that's why you do yoga, to be more flexible, right? Um, so the, the style of yoga that we practice, it's, it really is more about a mix between flexibility and strength and stability and um, mobility, right? Not just like bending. And so that's something... Um, I think I spoke to earlier about like just educating, um, when I opened that second space about educating people about what we're up to. That's something that we're always, I think, trying to put out there and share is that, you know, you don't have to actually be able to touch your toes to come to a yoga class mm -hmm. at all. And our community is very supportive when new people come in and, and our teachers are as well and giving modifications and ways to make them more helpful. Why do you think people are attracted to yoga? Um, I think it's a, a couple different reasons. I think yoga is a little mysterious, and I think that draws people in. It's just something that's a little exotic and, and mysterious, or, or people have that perception. Um, a lot of celebrities and athletes are doing it now. I know that's something that's really drawn a lot of people in. Um, we actually have a huge male population at our, all three studios, mm. so it is not surprising if sometimes we have more men than women in class. Um, 
people who don't come to the studio are always often surprised to hear that, but we really have a huge male population. So I think just the the popularity in like Derek's laughing. <laughs> oh, thank you, Anne. See, Anne. <laughs> He's an advocate. <laughs> um, How yeah. bendy are you? Derek? Yeah. I say <laughs> Yeah, okay. yeah, well, that's okay. You kids for everybody, as long mm -hmm. as you're breathing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the popularity in like with professional athletes has been um, a huge draw to get people in, and also I think that um, so there's like that physical aspect, right, of like wanting to be like more athletic and to move better and to feel better. Um, but like we're also a really busy culture, we're a really busy society. We're always on our phones. We're you know always working. We're always connected. And yoga is really a time where you get to just connect with your mind and your body and your mat. Um, you know, there's no there's no phones. There's um, no chatter. Most of our classes do not have even music. It's really just you and your breath and your movement. And there's something really powerful about that. Um, I like to ask students, you know, why did you start coming to yoga? And why did you keep coming back? And it's always two different reasons, right? People start because they wanted to get more flexible or they wanted to lose weight or, you know, it's usually something like, or they just wanted to de-stress. And why people keep coming back is usually something a little bit more spiritual. Uh, something that has to do more with being connected to themselves or even, dare I say, a higher power. Um, yoga's not religion, but there is something I think that can be very um, spiritual about just connecting to your mind, to your body, to your breath. Hmm. Is there a meditative as aspect of Absolutely, that? yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm speaking to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we don't ever say like, okay, now meditate. <laughs> but the, the practice itself is very meditative because we do the vinyasa flow. You're moving one breath to one movement, and we often refer to that as a moving meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get back to the business aspect okay, again. Sure. So, so now you have three locations. Yeah. How do you manage those three locations <laughs> um, at the same time? Yeah, it's um, that's been tricky. So we have three as of February of this year. So that has really been um, my focus for the past year because managing three, one of which I acquired and was already an existing studio much larger than my two, um, that came with a whole staff of its own. So going from like managing my two to now this these three and that one being already its own sort of beast um, has been very challenging um, and I've had to totally revamp all of my processes um, and just the way that I, I do things all around so I was thinking about this this morning like I finally when it comes to like payroll you know I used to just like handwrite all my checks you know like out of my checkbook like I'd pay my you know five or six instructors I'd pay my like two to landlords and like mail the checks out and I think it was like two months ago I was like I can't do this anymore I now have over 20 instructors I have like multiple landlords I can no longer like handwrite my checks my hand is cramping I can't do yoga <laughs> so, so just like it's little things like that you, you know yeah I know I know I said well, I should get you on the payroll <laughs> yeah it's um so it's like little things like that that you don't really think about um I tend to be more of like a big picture person, so it's really been like fine-tuning the, the smaller steps this past year has been, um, and um, has been my focus, and part of that is, of course, um, delegating, which um, has never really been a struggle for me, but I've had to 
I've had to do it differently this year. Um, so we have a whole group of, um, like I said, our instructors and, and coming up with new processes for them and communicating with them. So it, it's really it's really been challenging, but I think we're we're doing it. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I think one of the most challenging things that that I've found in my business is that so you know I I don't have I don't have an MBA or did I go to MBA school? Yeah. Um, I didn't either. I mean, I dropped <laughs> out. So. <laughs> you know, you went. You just yeah, didn't graduate. Not very long. Yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> But so, yeah, so I'm a journalist, and so then I found myself suddenly having to, you know, manage a staff and mm -hmm. become a manager and have yeah. to teach myself how, how to do that. Yeah. And I found that to be quite challenging. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I was preparing myself, though, all, all along the way for, um, for that. Like I said, I, I really knew in my heart I wanted to be a business owner. I didn't know what that business was going to be. But I was really preparing myself for that. So um, I read lots of books on um, running a business and managing people and leading people and um, growing a business and just being an entrepreneur. And I listened to lots of podcasts and I went to different events like this. So I really created my own education. Um, of course, nothing prepares you for the real thing. Mm -hmm. it, it is really different when you're actually the one doing it. Um, and it, it can be very challenging, especially when you are the person, you know, like I said, I'm more of like a big vision person and I like to really come up with the big picture and stay focused on that. But not everybody sees what I see, you know? And so there's all these little fires every single day that like you're constantly having to put out and it can be um, overwhelming. It can, I'm sure you experience that, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, no, don't you get it? Like we're working towards this thing over here, that doesn't matter. But you know, it, it's finding that balance between like, communicating with people and doing the things that need to be done day to day, but also staying really true to that bigger vision, you know, because we're not done growing. We're going to continue to grow in a much different way, probably, but I'm, I'm, I'm really committed to growth. Um, but managing people from day to day is a part of that. Mm -hmm. So it is challenging. Yeah. I mean, what, are, what are your other big challenges that you've run into so far that you've felt you had to overcome? Yeah. So I, I would say with the first studio, it was really easy. There were not a lot of challenges. It was truly just meant to be. Um, the second studio, the biggest challenge was educating the clientele, educating the community. We were the first power vinyasa flow studio in the Harrisburg area. Up until then, it was more, um, I mean, they did vinyasa classes, um, and there was some really great studios in the area, but they did something different than what, than what we offer. And so we had this group of people who had gone to maybe some of those classes and decided, mm, I don't like yoga. Or we had people that went to those classes and loved it. And then when we opened, offering yoga but a totally different type, the people who loved what were happening at the older studios came to us and hated what we were doing. So it was like a really weird vibe in the studio in the beginning. And then we like were having a hard time grabbing the people who I knew would love power yoga but didn't necessarily like the first yoga class they took at another studio or, or a gym or whatever the case may be. So educating the clientele was, was our biggest challenge and continues to be a big challenge um money can we talk about money let's talk about money okay um money was, was a challenge yeah you know i did not have um when i opened the first studio and when i left my job my husband was like well that's cool but like i don't want to be a part of this <laughs> you know so like as long as you're half of the mortgage is paid i'm cool with it so and i don't have um wealthy wealthy parents um, You're from Steelton, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, <laughs> yeah. So, so um, you know, that's 
that's challenging to try and build something from the from the ground up, um, especially trying to grow so so early on, right? Yeah. So when I went to open that second studio, I no longer had my full time job. I had only had a business open for a year and a half. I couldn't really go to um, banks for money, so I bootstrapped it and just figured it out. But um, looking back, there's probably a lot smarter ways to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really challenging trying to figure that piece out. Yeah. So, well, now that you have several locations, yeah. if you continue to expand, do you think that that's an option to go to a bank? Oh, definitely. Or, yeah. yeah. They mm -hmm. actually come to me now, which is really funny. Um, but I think that um, I I've been exploring more like the um, investor side of having mm -hmm. somebody who can come in who can also be like a partner in business. Um, and that can help help me grow and look at things that maybe I'm not looking at. Um, I don't know if that's the way I'm headed, but that's definitely something that I've been looking into. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I, I know that I, I know a, a few trainers and some people who have tried to scale also by offering lessons online. Yeah. Is that something that is kind of in, in your formula or not? Maybe, but it would probably be something just a little bit different um, than what's being offered right now. So it would not necessarily be, um, so I do have classes online. Um, I have a podcast, but that's totally free. Um, it's just my live recorded classes from my cell phone. It's not fancy. Everybody's always wants to know how I do it. I just use the recorder app on my phone. Um, and we get, those classes are downloaded in over 70 countries. I mean, it's crazy. They're all over. Wow, really? For a while, do you want to know what the second most popular country was outside of the United States? Please. Turkey. Huh. Yeah, isn't that interesting? For now, they're not second anymore. I just looked like last month. I'm like, where's Turkey at on the list? But um, so, we, so that has been. I mean, our numbers aren't huge. Well, what's but, second now? Uh, Canada. Okay. That's, yeah, it's that, like the ones you would think that's of, more like boring. Canada, yeah. Australia. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not as as um, interesting. But um, uh, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I think I don't. I think it'll be a different format than just like, oh, here's my class. You can buy it because mm -hmm. people are doing that. Um, so I think it'll be something a little bit different than that. But technology is definitely something that I've been looking into okay now do you have you had do you think you've had any unique uh situations whether advantages or disadvantages being a woman-owned business um no i don't think so i i would just say well yeah i guess i guess so the i think the the biggest struggle for me being a woman in business is finding that balance between being assertive and this is not just being a woman in business, but a woman in business in the yoga industry, is that balance between being assertive and also like being compassionate and kind. Um, you know, you've heard the term bitch before, that comes up. Um, but especially in the yoga industry, there's just a lot of like judge, oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to swear. I'm like, okay. You can beep it out, okay. <laughs> Sleep it out, okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've said much worse things here. <laughs> Um, but that is a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that would be the only challenge that I would say is like gender specific is, is um, it's often more difficult for a woman to be assertive um, in times where you really need to be assertive, you know? And a lot of times um, holding people accountable is being compassionate, mm -hmm. and, but that's not always perceived that way. So juggling that um, and perception is reality, right? So juggling those things is definitely challenging. Um, is there anything at this point that you feel, oh, I'd really like to go revisit that because I would have done it differently? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably everything. But, you know, that's what we call analysis paralysis. So, okay. um, Name yeah. one or two things. One or two things. Um, definitely, I... Um, hmm, what's the word? 
opening the second location, I would have put more thought into. I just kind of did it. And I think part of that was like fear. Like I was scared of doing it. So I was like, if I don't just jump, I'm never going to do it. So I just did it. I wish I would have thought that out better from top to bottom, from the location I picked, from you know the way that I marketed the studio, from uh, just the teachers I hired in the beginning. I mean, I just think everything I, I would have probably done much differently. Um, and the same thing with the third location. I think I, 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 acquiring a studio was a whole different challenge, especially one that had been mm -hmm. so well established. Um, and I think I, I would have probably spent more time with the really like small details. Mm. Yeah, okay. that's so, not my strength. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of it is trial and error, but yeah, but, for sure. but but yeah, but you learn. I mean, you, yeah. you you know, as as time passes, you realize the mistakes you've made and you take correctives. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. dwell on that stuff. I mean, you you have to act, you know, mm -hmm. and yoga teaches that you have to take action. So, um, and I probably am like too far on like the action side. I that's why I think a partner would be good for me. I need somebody that's maybe a little bit more analytical because I'm just like, yeah, let's do it, you know, and like figure it out later. Where some people like plan so much they never actually do anything, you know. Yeah. Well, those people don't start businesses. That's true. That's really true. Yeah, I know it's, it's true. And some of those people want to though, you a, know. A lot of people yeah, want to. Yeah, and it's like you kind of just want to shake them and say, just do it, just. Do a thing, do a thing, yeah. and if you fail, you're gonna learn. For, you're gonna learn from it, and you know it'll be fine. Right, but they're so afraid and they're risk averse. Yeah. You know, and then, then time marches on and life marches on, yeah, and you have this mortgage yeah. and you have these kids. Yeah. And you're like, well, mm -hmm. I can't do it now. I need healthcare. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there's there's a way to do things without going all in. You know, mm -hmm. like I kept my full time job for a year and a half and and figured out because it was something that I really wanted. Um, and you know, I, I had a lot of excuses why I, I shouldn't have done that or couldn't have done that. But I, I think when you feel something strongly, you just have to do it. And, you know, I had dabbled in like other things before the studio um, that didn't really work out, but taught me a lot that that I have applied to the studios. So. Hmm. So looking at over this audience, there are a couple of people I know who have their own businesses and other people don't. But a lot of times the people who come here like you said before, kind of have an itch or an inkling yeah. to, to want to do it. So what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's considering or who always wanted to open their own business? Yeah, I would say um, come to events like this, for sure. Um, talk to people who have done it, you know. There's so many people like myself who, like, really want to help. Um, even if it's people in the same industry that you want to be in. You know, collaboration has been such a huge thing for me. Um, and and is such a powerful thing in general. So don't be afraid to reach out to someone because you think, well, they're doing what I want to do. So no, reach out. Talk to the people who've done the things that you want to do. Um, read books, listen to podcasts, you know, um, and just take action. It doesn't have to be big action. It doesn't have to be like quitting your job or moving out of state tomorrow. Like, but take small action because, like you said, time passes anyways. Um, and you know the, the compound effect is a real thing. You know, small actions they start to like build on each other. You know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my life is totally different than it was last year in all the ways that I wanted it to be. Right. So that would be my number one piece of advice: is to just take action, whatever that is. Starting a blog, reaching out to a person you're maybe scared to reach out to. So so. What's next? Opening in Harrisburg? 
Um, I would I would love to be downtown, honestly. Um, I, I really would love to be. I don't know that I want to run for physical locations. I like to really, in the locations that I own, I would really, I, I like to be there and to teach regularly. And it's hard for me to teach any more than I am right now. Um, so it would be hard to have a, a fourth location. Um, but I'm definitely committed to growth. Um, I'm, I'm, I just think it might look a little different. So, yeah, so how do you do that then? Yeah. How, how do you grow if yeah. you don't want a fourth location? Um, well, somebody what? else could own my fourth location. Okay. You know, so that's one thing I've been looking into is, is franchising. franchising. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing is the, um, the technology, you know, mm -hmm. and expanding that way. Um, so there's, this is, so in three, what year is it? So in four years, um, we're coming up on our fourth year anniversary, I have three studios. That's, that's a lot of growth in a little bit of time. And if you grow too quickly, the ground underneath is not firm. So I, I've spent this last year really focusing on my foundation, which has been hard. It's been a challenging thing because mm -hmm. I want to keep moving forward, but it, it's been a really important step in my journey. Um, I, think there's, I think I need a few more months of really getting a nice, firm, solid foundation. Um, but I am having conversations about what that next step will be. Okay. Well, good. Because I don't, I don't want to push you too fast because you, okay. you're, you're right. Because you're going to join, right? If I open If it's in Harrisburg, okay. sure, right. I'll do that. All right. You all heard it here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm committed now. No, but I totally agree with you. That it is important yeah. to build up that foundation. Yeah. Um, because I've known people who are serial entrepreneurs, which is, which is great. Yeah. But they move on to one thing a little bit before they perhaps should. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that the time may have come for us to uh, take questions. Do we need to shuffle them so we don't know who's is who's? <laughs> it's, 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 it's just going to be about your dog, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, Champ and Libby, shout out. <laughs> uh, so one of the questions is, what what is your best location, I guess, however you define best? Oh, I can't answer that. It's like choosing um, between your children, they, huh? it, You know, it really is like having children. Mm. I, oh, I say that all the time. It's like if you do for one, you have to do for the other, you know? And that really is a real thing, um, especially with them being so close together. They're all so unique. So we're really good about keeping our product consistent. Our classes are going to be the are going to be consistent. They won't be the same, but you're going to get that same experience at each location. But they all have such like unique qualities. Like Anvil, like I mentioned, is the first one, so it's it's really special to me. It's in a college town, which has its own vibe. Um, it's a small studio, super small, so it's really tight, and the energy is just so powerful. So that is really special. Um, the Hershey Studio is beautiful. The people who practice there come from like all over the world. You would not believe the amount of people who live part-time in Hershey and part-time in a different country. It's, it's really funny. We get lots of people who travel for work. Um, we get dancers from the theater. So we have just like a, a very different type of like clientele in addition to our regulars. Um, but it's a huge space. It's a beautiful space, really big ceilings. We can fit 60 people in that studio compared mm -hmm. to 12 in Anvil. Um, and then Harrisburg is, is just a fun, crazy crowd. I say it all the time. Like when you walk into Hershey, you can hear a pin drop. And when you walk into Harrisburg, I almost have to like bang on the like walls to get everybody to quiet down. You know, it's just like such a vibrant community. So they're all so special in, in their own way. Was okay. that a very 
diplomatic answer? I think it's a great answer. That was okay. a lot more. None of my children will be mad at me. <laughs> it was a lot more thorough analysis than I was expecting. Okay. I, right. I thought you were like, sure oh, they're, they're all good. I don't know. Yes. No, oh, that's good. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. They're wonderful. all special. Okay. Um, can you please talk about how you rebranded your third studio? Mm-hmm. Um, things that think uh, things you did that worked or didn't. And can you please talk about how you worked through sharing your vision with others? Well, those are two kind of separate questions. Okay. So. Yeah. So the first one, rebranding. I did it very slowly, and that was um, intentional. So I did not want to just come in. I'm the third owner of that studio. Um, and so what I did not want to do was come in and tell people who have been practicing there for seven or eight years through multiple different owners, this is how we're doing it now and this is different. So I just did it very slowly. And um, we're still doing it. It's still, we still call it yoga and chocolate. It'll always be yoga and chocolate. It's actually where I took my first yoga class at, where Ann Parmer dragged me to one day. So <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's, I just, that's what worked, you know, f- for me. And I think that's what, I think people have appreciated that. Um, that I didn't come in like guns a blazing, like, you know, I'm here and this is what I'm doing. You know, it's not about me. Um, so we've like slowly, like I just, um, I put out little stickers that we got, Studio B Power Yoga stickers. And um, I was really scared to put them out in Hershey. I'm like, oh, nobody's going to want my stickers. <laughs> and they were gone in like a week. And I'm like, oh, yes, people do want my stickers. So like I see people now who've been going to Yoga and Chocolate for years who have Studio B Power Yoga stickers on their water bottle. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. But I, I just think, Again, I'm answering too long. I'm sorry. Slowly. That's how I rebranded. Okay. Okay. Well, then, okay, then there, there was a second question. Okay. The second question. I, I don't know if this is allowed. Two different questions in the same piece of paper. It's all but allowed. We'll yeah. allow it. We'll allow it. Um, can you please talk about how you worked through sharing your vision with others? Yeah. Um, not well. That was one of the things that I did not do well enough um, when I when I purchased the studio. I should have had more like face-to-face meetings with people. I should have been more vocal on social media. I think I was really scared. Um, so that's definitely something I didn't do well enough, but we're doing it now. Okay. Yeah. All right. How, how are you doing it now? Uh, through social media and through face-to-face meetings okay. <laughs> with people. I think I was just scared that people weren't going to like buy into my vision um, or, or people wouldn't trust me enough in the beginning and so I just said nothing about it or, or too little um, when really I think people were wanting to hear from me what my vision was so mm-hmm. yeah okay okay uh, next question okay what do you consider unique about the business of yoga hmm. good and bad a lot of things um, the business of yoga is unique in that people shame you for running a business Mm. That's that's one of the biggest things. It's like, you know, teachers make money, priests make money, it's doctors just be make free. money. Just be free. Yeah, that's what people think. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, people they think have... you should be free too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. So I'm sure you can relate, right? <laughs> it's it's like, well, wait a second. This is how I make my living. You know, it's, it's like people want to, um, in the yoga industry, just shame other people who make money doing it mm-hmm. as if you cannot offer quality yoga and run a profitable business so that is um, a really unique challenge um, in the ind- spe- industry specific challenge um, that I run into is like well wait we are like you know I've studied the yoga sutras the the philosophy of yoga has changed my life I care deeply about it if I was in it for just the business I'd be in a different business profit margins are very low you know um, so that's another thing when you're running a physical space is you know you have to deal with profit margins and you know high rent and um, you know, all those sorts of things I won't go into but yeah it's it's that's been interesting and I'm I'm really passionate about changing that conversation 
um, because so many people want to teach yoga full-time and can't make a living doing it, and the industry is so upside down. Training is so expensive, yet you, it's hard to make money actually doing it. And so what I'm, why I'm so focused on growth is because I really want to provide opportunities to people. I want to be able to pay my teachers more. I want to be able to hire full-time employees. You know, not just independent contractors, but full-time employees who can actually make a living sharing their passion of yoga. So I, it's a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. Funny thing about capitalism, you have to pay people or it won't work. Yeah, so. yeah. it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So, and people should be paid, you know, there's Absolutely. just, there's, mm -hmm. it's just a weird thing in the yoga industry where people think that people should just be doing it for free. And it's like, you go work for free. I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so. Like I said, I have a similar problem. Anyway, then the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the next, I, I love the next question okay. and um, demonstrate the grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's pointing fingers. I cannot do grasshopper. Or I okay. would totally demonstrate it for you. But I, That's I a can't. cop out. It's, um, Google I, I, it. That's I what I tell my students. I don't know I'm what like, the grasshopper is. It's, who here wants to demonstrate? Yeah, how about somebody out there demonstrating? Okay, all right. And Parmer <laughs> wants to demonstrate. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, requires some open hips, and I have some pretty tight hips. So, um, yeah, I won't be demonstrating grasshopper. Maybe after another beer. Okay, well. <laughs> Bring her another beer. Yeah. Bring her another beer. Okay. And well, yeah. Now I'm gonna have to Google that to see what yeah. exactly the grasshopper is. Yeah. But Google it. I'm, okay. Um, how do you feel? Uh, how do you deal with feeling frustrated or inadequate? Hmm. You know, that is something that I feel every day. <laughs> Not all day, but you know, almost every day. There's points of the day where I'm like, oh, you know, I could be doing so much more. I think. Um, Staying focused on the bigger picture, which I've, I've talked about a couple times here tonight, um, helps just ground me in my mission. And, and usually the things I'm frustrated or feeling inadequate about are like the little things, you know? Um, communicating with myself and then with other people and just really sticking to like, you know, facts. It's really easy to get caught up in emotions, you know? There's what, you can't please everyone, you know? Um, but. I, I definitely try to, um, but I, I think definitely just acknowledging that I cannot please everyone, but um, addressing things as they need to be addressed and like just sticking to facts, you know? That's something yoga teaches us too, is that emotions kind of happen naturally and that's okay. The, the trick is, the practice is to like acknowledge, oh, I'm having this emotion. I'm making up stories in my head about this emotion. Let's stick to like what's actually happening in reality, so. No. Okay, Yeah. great. Okay, next question. Who are your heroes and mentors? And then in parentheses, aside from Anne. <laughs> Definitely Anne. <laughs> um, so I have a whole wall. My office at my home is actually just a wall of women that um, I really look up to. And uh, is this your question? No? Okay. <laughs> She's seen my wall of women, so I didn't know if maybe that was why. Um, uh, can you repeat the question? Who are your heroes and mentors? Okay, yeah. So Anne's definitely been a mentor of mine. This is aside from um, Anne. So that's uh, sorry, aside from Anne. Sorry. <laughs> I just can't stop talking about how much I love Anne. Um, uh, I really love Emily Weiss. 
Emily Weiss is the founder of Glossier, which is a makeup company. She was also a super intern on The Hills, if you watched The Hills back in the day. Um, she was super intern, and um, she just has a really super cool story. I love her brand, I love her vibe. Um, she got funding from Kirsten Green, who's a, a woman venture capitalist, which is pretty rare in uh, the VC world. Kirsten Green's definitely someone that um, I look up to and follow uh, women like Allie Webb, who started you know, Drybar um, by like going from house to house and blow drying women's hair and then like deciding I'm going to open this business like you did when the economy was not very great, right? That's correct. Um, and just like really believing in it and going for it. So mm -hmm. there's, I could go on and on. Michelle Obama, you know, I love um, just her poise and the way that she carries herself. And um, there's just so many, you know, I am really blessed to come up in a time where there's just so many great examples of strong women and men. But, you know, I really look up to the, mm -hmm. the women. Okay, great. What opportunities are you presenting to others to get access to your knowledge and lean in? Mm -hmm. um, doing events like this. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to do more of um, that. So when, they, when I hear lean in, I, that reminds me of, of business. So that's what I'm thinking you're asking about is, is knowledge of the business and not necessarily yoga. If you want my yoga knowledge, you can come to our teacher training, you can come to my yoga classes. But as far as like building the business, um, I think about that a lot. Um, and as I grow my business, I intend to create more opportunities for women to um, become leaders and, and entrepreneurs and to do things them um, create things for themselves that are fulfilling and also financially, you know, profitable. Mm -hmm. So it's it's something that I'm definitely working on um, right now. I would say like, let's just go for coffee. <laughs> but it is something that I'm working on creating a more like formal way to share knowledge, not just from me, but like for lots of different people, men and women to come together and share knowledge. Yeah, do, do you get, sort of follow up for me, do you, yeah. get, do you get a lot of people who come up to you and ask you, oh, how, you know, how did you start and sort of pick your brain? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I love having those conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how do you balance life slash business and still enjoy being an entrepreneur? Um, can I mention Anne one more time? <laughs> Anne and I were so just having not? this conversation. <laughs> uh, we went for tacos. And just come up here and join <laughs> us. Please, just grab a <laughs> <seat>. <laughs> uh, But we were just talking about this, how I was saying, you know, like, I don't have, like, I feel like I work all day, and I feel like I don't work at all. It's the weirdest thing. Like, my work and my life is so intertwined, so I don't really see it as, like, a balance. It's just, like... I work and I live, do you know what I mean? And I, I live and breathe my business and I know how to shut it off, you know, when I need to. Um, I don't have any trouble with that, but um, uh, it's just so intertwined that I don't need, feel the need to balance the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a holistic way of living your life instead of yeah. siloing it into work. Home, yeah. 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 I, I think as a business owner, that's a pretty common it's a pretty common feeling, although a lot of times it's so overweighed in terms of running the business and you put, you know, 18 hours into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's definitely a lot of hours. Mm -hmm. You know, definitely, it's definitely more hours than anything else that I worked. But 
or that, than any other job I've worked at, but you know, I get to pick the hours for the most part, and having control of schedule was one of the biggest motivators for me for opening up my own business. Mm-hmm. I hated being at work and having nothing to do mm-hmm. it, when I worked like a nine to five job. It's like, I got my work done, why am I sitting here? You know, I wanna go home. It's like a sunny day, I wanna go like hang out by the pool. Can I like do this when it's a rainy day? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I work more hours, but I get to decide what those hours are for the most part, and it's also stuff that I just like love so much. So mm-hmm. it's worth it. Right, yeah. so it doesn't feel like work. I mean, sometimes yeah. it does, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely hard. There's definitely conversations I don't want to have. There's definitely tasks that I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like doing this right now. But, you know, you get those things done, and it's it's worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, this is kind of the same question. Okay. How do you keep a balanced life between personal and career? Well, I'm, we didn't really talk about personal. Yeah. So why don't you talk about that? Um, <laughs> it's, you know... There's definitely times when, um, you know, if my husband and I go out to dinner, I keep the phone in, in the purse until he goes to the bathroom and then I, then I check it. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not like answering emails so, while we're at dinner. Honey, together. don't you really have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I'm really lucky. Um, maybe not everybody would see this as lucky, but my husband and I work opposite schedules, so he's working right now. Um, so there's. I don't feel as much pressure maybe as like some people feel um, to balance that because. Um, you know, we work opposite schedules. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like I'm taking away time from him by being here at this event tonight, you know, he's working. Um, so, but we do definitely, uh, we do this thing, people always laugh when I say this, but we have um, itineraries for our weekend. So like by like Thursday of like the week, one of us will send out the itinerary, like this is what we're doing this weekend. That's very type A. Yeah, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's very e- even type Even I don't a. go that far, yeah. <laughs> But, but I'll tell you why. It's because, like, in my head, I think, like, I'm doing this this weekend, and I have these things going on. But he has, like, something different that he planned on, like, sleeping in this day and then going to the gym and then, like, being available. And I'm like, well, no, I have this thing in the afternoon, so we have to hang out in the morning. So it's just a way for us to, like, communicate week to week that, like, this is going to be our time together. Are you cool with that? Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm free during that time. So it might seem, like, too structured, but it actually just is a really great way to prevent, like, miscommunication and, like, resentment and arguments, you know? especially because our time during the week is limited with each other. So I think just like looking at a schedule at the beginning of the week and saying like, this is the time I need for myself and, um, and my, my personal life. And then this is the time that I have devoted to work and knowing when those things can overlap and when they can't. Okay, great. Thank you for listening to the HYP podcast. Our next event will be in November with Megan Jones, co-founder of the infamous arts market, the Harrisburg Flea. You can learn more about this event series and others by heading to our website, hyp.org. Special thanks to our event sponsors, MNT Bank, Dixon University Center, Provisions, and Ann Culture. Also, special thanks to Clark Stefanik for the recording and editing of this podcast. Until next time, keep building in the bird.